Welcome to Walking in Faith with Bishop Daly. I'm Bishop Tom Daly, the seventh bishop of the Diocese of Spokane here in eastern Washington State. I'm very fortunate today to have one of our great deacons of our diocese, but not just a man who's both husband and father and deacon, but also one of our uh, very well-respected principals. I have Dick, Deacon Nick Sanger here, and uh, Nick, I think for our listening audience, uh, who aren't just in eastern Washington, the Diocese of Spokane, but throughout the, the whole diocese um, and California and beyond, um, Nick, tell us something about yourself. Well, uh, thank you, Bishop, for inviting me. Um, as you say, I'm a deacon in the diocese. My wife, Brenda, and I have four children, uh, two boys and two girls. And um, we've got the two girls at home still in school. The two boys have, have um, started their life with their families. And, and I am the principal of St. John Vianney, as you said. And um, been there. this is starting my third year there after spending uh, almost 30 years at All Saints Catholic School here in the diocese. Um, tell us how you got involved in Catholic education. I know there's many challenges, and our listening audience will hope that uh, I'm sure to hear about how we as a diocese, uh, uh, someone on site, a principal, and also as bishop and working with Katie Rickers, director of Catholic schools, what we're doing about that. But right now, tell me how you, um, you, you entered into this vocation of Catholic education. Well, my parents uh, sent all of my siblings and I to Catholic schools growing up okay. uh, from first grade all the way through high school and college. And so when I was, uh, you know, discerning my vocation and, and came up with, uh, you know, being the, the call to be a teacher, I knew that I wanted to um, give back to Catholic education what I had received because it had been so important in my life. And, and I really, that was the only place I, I even considered, even though there were people in my life who, you know, as, uh, you know, as the husband of the family, they wanted me to, you know, look at public schools and, and you know, um, but for, for me, Catholic schools were really the only choice I had. What schools did you go to here in Eastern Washington, right? That's well, where you're from? No, actually, I'm from, I grew up in, I was born in Long Beach, California. Okay. And then we moved around a lot. My dad was an air traffic controller and mm -hmm. we ended up in um, Mount Lake Terrace, Washington. And I went to... Um, uh, what was it? St. Pius the 10th school there. I uh, went to St. Pius the 10th school in Billings, Montana. Uh, went to Billings Central Catholic High School in Billings, Montana. Uh, and then Gonzaga University. I forgot about that. My niece went to Billings Central. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, who uh, lives here, my niece, Maggie. Oh. Um, and uh, my, my um, sister and brother-in-law have lived in Billings. That's an interesting path. Um, much like you, uh, my experience of Catholic schools, except for kindergarten, uh, which traumatized me because um, the teacher accused me of talking too much and put tape on my mouth. Oh. Uh, but maybe other people agreed with that. But in any case, my Catholic school experience, I, uh, as my parents made great sacrifices and all seven of us, um, is also something I value. So you were at All Saints for... Um, uh, over 30 years. Almost, I mean, that's when I first yeah. uh, met you. And um, and then we, um, uh, in mutual discussion, a little arm twisting, I asked you to, to uh, go to St. John Vianney, part of a new parish team with uh, Father Oylen. Um Right now, of course, we'll get right to kind of the more pressing issue. How is St. John Vianney uh, handling um, uh, COVID and, and the, the challenges? Want to speak a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, this has been probably, well, it is my, the biggest challenge we faced in many, many years. And, and 
the the whole team there has been amazing mm-hmm. from the teachers to uh, Father Oyland and the mm-hmm. parish staff and uh, the families uh, have really worked hard to prov- continue to provide the quality education mm-hmm. that um, that they deserve, that they need. And so, um, you know, the amount of work that everyone has put in ha- has been just a real inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, we met all summer as teachers weekly, trying to prepare for the school year, um, working with, um, you know, families in how to um, keep the students safe and yet still provide for them uh, emotionally, uh, academically, and uh, most important, spiritually. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting you bring that up. My sister-in-law, Laura, uh, teaches uh, kindergarten in California, and um I would um, listen to her talk about how do you have kids Zoom at that age? I mean, they're ba- they barely can um, pick up uh, a pencil or anything like that, and the challenges of that. Tell me about um, uh, kind of on a given day today, uh, in person, uh, at home. Uh, how's that for our listening audience? How how does that? Uh, what would a typical week uh, like this week look like? Right. So we work really hard with all the principals of the diocese Mm -hmm. to bring back our youngest students. And so we right now have preschool through third grade uh, Mm -hmm. in school. We started the year preschool through third grade. And just yesterday, as a matter of fact, we brought back our fourth graders Mm -hmm. uh, because of the protocols that we put in place and the cooperation of the parents and teachers. We've been able to feel confident in bringing Mm -hmm. them back. The older students are uh, online and uh, the teachers worked very hard to come up with a schedule that um, gives them the amount of time they need to learn, but also respects the amount of screen time. They want mm-hmm. to really limit that screen time. And so in a given week, you will see teachers in the building with students in person, and then also teachers in the building who are uh, on a computer doing video classes. And then we've scheduled the day so that at the end of the day, there's a, a large amount of time for them to have individual one-on-one meetings with the students or in small groups, two-on-one, three-on-one, so that they can get that individual, mm-hmm. um, that individual attention that they that they need. What have you? I, I appreciate you mentioning the challenges. Of course, uh, Catholic schools. We, the church, operates its Catholic schools ultimately for the salvation of souls. But um, the spiritual life, uh, normally in schools, uh, having taught myself, you you have religion class, uh, you have student body masses, you have prayer services. Um, the whole witnessing to the faith that you as the spiritual um, leader along with Father Oyland have for that parish school, what have you uh, found um, to be effective uh, today in that? I mean, oh, it's, we're just into school, not that many weeks, but tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So uh, because of uh, the generosity of Father Oyland's time, we've actually um, set aside time to have two school masses a week because mm-hmm. we can't have all the students in the church at the same time. And we are able to offer in-person mass mm-hmm. for even those students that are learning at home. Great. So one day a week they can come on campus. Now, not all of them can because mm-hmm. of rides or different you know, uh, personal situations, but we do get a large group of students who come on Tuesdays. And then on Wednesdays, we have mass for those students that are in the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also do morning prayer virtually uh, you know, on, a, on a screen every morning which, uh, you know, before all of this, we would gather the whole school on Monday mornings and do a morning prayer. Now we're able to actually gather every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's, what's so um, uh, 
uh, touching to me is that um, we have students who are leaving intentions in the chat room, and so the whole school is getting to know the needs mm -hmm. of every student in the community. Okay. Have the students uh, and their families shared with you what has been um, maybe the, some of the difficulties, uh, maybe someone's sick in the family, but what have you heard as, as principal? Because I know that many times people confide uh, into, the, into the principal because you have uh, before you what they cherish most, their children. But what has been some of your experience dealing with parents and families? They, of course, miss um, being around each other. Mm -hmm. um, the students, even the students that are on campus, they can't have recess with students from other classes because, mm -hmm. you know, one of the ways that we're protecting the, the students is keeping them in cohorts. Mm -hmm. And so they miss being with their friends. They miss um, gathering um, with other adults. We had a fun run. We had our fun run last week and we had families come kind of in shifts by grade level. Mm -hmm. And it was so great to see their, their, the smiles on their faces and the student, even from a distance. And so that's been really a struggle mm -hmm. uh, is that lack of, of the personal uh, presence. I have uh, three nephews, uh, the youngest of my three siblings and all are eighth graders, two in the same Catholic school uh, in San Francisco. And they, as eighth graders, won't be back, uh, I believe, in class, anticipate till January. And um, the whole notion of, um, you know, the home being both uh, the place where you are with family, where you uh, eat together, you know, visit together, sleep, uh, work, and now suddenly it has become the classroom. And uh, I know that that's for, for kids who need that social interaction, uh, I know talking to F Father Atriste that, um, and working with Dr. Lutz, that is a message we've tried to uh, convey that um, it's going to be something that maybe the effects of this uh, won't be seen um, until much longer. I mean, right. so I think once again, as a principal, as you're the educational leader, you share in the spiritual leadership with Father Oylen, uh, but you find, find yourself, I'm sure, providing a bit of, uh, you know, a counselor sometimes to the strains of, of, of home life. Right, right. Yeah. right. It is a strain. It is to, um, um, as you say, to, for the home to be the place where everything is taking yeah. place now. Um, I think there's one thing I've heard for sure is a greater appreciation for what the teachers do mm -hmm. uh, for the students. And, and we've always had appreciative parents, but... Uh, in these times in particular, it's, it's even more appreciated and, yeah. and, and they are very grateful for everything that we're doing to get the students back in the building. I know one of the things I've heard from um, uh, Father Barraza, who is vice rector of the seminary and a professor at, at Gonzaga, that um, it's a lot of work to do that type of um, Zoom thing. Because, you, you know, in a classroom, yeah. as you've seen, you walk around, you can kind of read re, uh, the reactions of students, um, and that's now all missing. And plus the emphasis on technology and having to learn that and the cost to that. I was very shocked when when uh, Katie Rickers told me the additional costs that have been incurred by the schools because of um, teaching virtually. And Yeah, yeah it is. It's a, it's a great challenge. Um, and to also plan... For the unexpected, mm -hmm. because pivoting from online to in person is not sim as simple as is one day we're at home and one day we're mm -hmm. at school. There's a different methodology, a different school schedule, 
And so to be able to, um, to move from one to the other quickly is also something that we've really tried to address. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to continue talking with uh, uh, Deacon Nick Sanger, who is the principal of St. John Vianney School in Spokane Valley, addressing the kind of the challenges that uh, he has faced as, as principal of that school. But also uh, in our second half, we're going to talk about uh, Deacon Nick's work um, in the larger arena of Catholic education, especially uh, his work with the NCEA. Welcome back. I'm talking to Deacon Nick uh, Sanger. Nick is the uh, principal of St. John Vianney, but had spent many years at All Saints uh, here in Spokane. And we've been speaking about uh, maybe the whole way of experiencing Catholic school education in light of COVID. But there are other things I would hope that would be consistent, um, what we like to call the normal aspect of education. Can you tell me what seems to have not changed at all uh, in your experience, although it's been a lot going on. But what remains the same, do you think? Well, I think um, the the teacher's dedication and commitment to um, forming the children in fulfilling our mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we our, our mission at St. John Vianney, our, or the core phrase in our mission is, is forming students to know, love, and serve God by knowing, loving, and serving others. Mm-hmm. And so throughout this whole process of, of wrestling with, with the pandemic, we've tried to ask ourselves, how can we continue to fulfill that mission, but in a new way? Mm-hmm. And so whether it's through uh, you know, having mass uh, for the people coming in person, or also um, streaming it online, or whether it's through the literature that we teach, um, the, the, the standards have remained the same. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have the same rigorous standards that we always have, but now it's, it's looking at how to, um, teach those standards mm-hmm. differently. Yeah. Um, you have a, what's your enrollment this year? We are at 120 this mm-hmm. year. And that includes, uh, do you have a preschool? We do have a preschool. Yeah. 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 We actually have had an increase in enrollment in K mm-hmm. through eight. Yeah. Um, one of our schools, uh, Guardian Angels, which is probably one of the, the, the it is the smallest Catholic school um, I have ever known down in a Colton Union town. Uh, Lori has told, uh, uh, and there's a new pastor there, Father Father Paul Herrick, they gained um, almost half their enrollment uh, up in the small community. So I'm glad that our parents are seen. Uh, as you mentioned earlier before the break, there there is an appreciation of the um uh, work that goes into teaching, but as my, one of my commitments, as you know, as, as the bishop has been the faith formation of our young people, specifically in Catholic schools and how important that is. Um, looking back in all these years, many years of Catholic school, um, what would you consider Nick to be the, the blessings, the greatest blessings over there is both comparing it to your time at all saints and certainly John Vianney and maybe your own experience, your own family. Well, I think that um, one thing you can't find any place else is a community of people dedicated to such a consistent mission. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk a lot about community in schools, and every school, in a sense, uh, has a strong community. But the community in a Catholic school uh, is different because uh, everyone's on the same sp- page, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and um, the way that we can integrate our faith in every single subject area um, is a powerful witness to God's goodness to the world, God's presence in the world, um, and you know. I, so I, I think I think that commitment to mission on the part of the community is a real blessing. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there are just things that I mean. I can remember when I was going to Catholic school. Every time uh, an ambulance would go by, class would pause, and we would all say a hail mary, mm-hmm. um, praying for whatever emergency was happening. Um, you know, I, I used to write um, blog articles uh, about Catholic education, and I, I once came up with a list of 101 reasons to send your child to a mm-hmm. Catholic school, and it wasn't that hard. You know, I, I set myself the task of how many could I, you know, could I really reach 101? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they just kept, you know, rolling off, you know, rolling out of my brain uh, onto that page, and, you know, things like... Um, uh, the, the fact that you see the same friends that you see in school, you also see at mass on the mm-hmm. weekend and, and parents see each other. And, and you know that when uh, a son or daughter of yours is at a friend's house, you have a better chance of them um, understanding uh, the important values that you have yourself. I think what you say is my youngest brother, my my brother Pat is principal of a a Catholic grade school, St. Vincent's, uh, there in California. And my youngest brother, though, in in law enforcement, uh, has said uh, with a critical eye that uh, ultimately part of the reason is the faith is shared at home, um, that the value of that Catholic education, exactly what you said, chances are that the children who are friends with your kids share a common view of the world. Now, that's not often the case, and I've, I've stressed that because in this very secular age in which we live in, in a secular part of the country, without that common view of life, uh, especially the dignity and sanctity of the person, um, uh, there's so much that could be divisive. And um, I think that I have seen in Catholic schools uh, why uh, why bullying, for example, isn't appropriate? Why a prejudice towards others isn't uh, of God? It's because it off- offends the dignity of the human person. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember from my almost 20 years of teaching high school that when we'd have a discipline matter, we could appeal to Christian behavior, not just uh, norms and morals of, of a, that are you know generic or... Uh, Appropriate to this time and place that you know Catholic schools have been at this since the first time Jesus said let the children come to me when he instructed them uh, So that that is a great blessing um, What have you seen uh, continues to be I know I'm briefed by uh, Katie um, every week on both the the strengths and our weaknesses What have you found to be? Um, something that you anticipate you have to work at more kind of a difficulty a challenge uh, i know money is always an issue right but, right yeah but what and it, besides that or is there something more or well i think no i, I that you know resources are always a mm-hmm. challenge um and, and that's you know not going to change um but in the face of of you know having the challenge of resources there's also the challenge to use what you have uh, wisely, you know, mm-hmm. practice good stewardship. Yes. Um, and, and I think that it's always, 
uh, a challenge to make sure that we're growing. When I when I first arrived at St. Uh, John Vianney, that was the word that I had for myself and that I shared with the teachers. And it's become kind of our our um, our go-to word, you know, growth. You know, even for students who struggle, you know, we, we reach students at different levels. We call that differentiation where we, we you know, um, reach kids where they're at and where they need individually. And it's, it's all about, have you grown from the last time that we, we looked at your progress? You know, it's, it's, I, I liken it to a cross country race. I love cross country. Our oldest son ran cross country and, and yes, you're on a team and you're competing as a team, but you're also in some senses competing with yourself. You're trying to get that PR, that personal record. And so when it comes to your academic progress, your, or even when I, when I preach, sometimes I'll talk about, you know, if it's a particular feast day, mm-hmm. uh, I'll say, um, you know, I, I might say something about where are you this year compared to where you were at at the same time last year? You know, we're all on a spiritual journey. Are we further along the journey? Are we further along academically? Are we further along emotionally? And so I think, you know, it's always a challenge as a school to continue to grow. Where are we as an institution? Where are we as a school? Um, whether that's enrollment, whether that's in um, academic achievement, um, are we growing as teachers? Are our skills developing? Um, so that we're always on the road to, to improvement. I think, Nick, that clearly, sh- I'm sure that's part of uh, your formation that came uh, from your family, uh, from the Catholic education you received, uh, your training to be a deacon. Um, it, it's true. I mean, Catholic schools, ultimately, all that the church operates uh, as the mission given to us by Jesus Christ is for the salvation of souls, whether it's health care, social services, and certainly education to bring the truths of Christ to our young, and to see why. And I think that's why one of the reasons why I was so grateful uh, for you to become a principal of St. John Vianney was to bring that, for the sake of it, missionary uh, sense to it, there, that there's a purpose, that we just don't sit back and be complacent. Um, Catholic schools in this day and age are needed more now than ever, and it is because... Um, we're helping young people come to know Christ. And um, now you were a deacon on the weekends. Uh, I mean, you're deacon as a vocation your whole life, but uh, both as, as a husband, uh, as a principal. Um, where are you ministering on the weekends? Where, where are you preaching the gospel formally? Right, I minister at St. Peter Parish. Okay, with Father Luke Thompson. With Father Luke Thompson, yeah. yes. And how long have you been? That's been your time as a deacon? Yes, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. since ordination. Yeah. And, and that was our parish when we first moved back to Spokane. Sure. Okay. Um, how have you, um, I know balancing again, uh, your, uh, wife is at the, um, at the university right. uh, and, uh, teaching and as you said, uh, two at home, two, two out and about, uh, raising, going on with their lives. Um, how do you find the opportunity to balance responsibilities as uh, husband, father, uh, principal, deacon, uh, just good old Christian. <laughs> How do you do all of that? Well, I have a wonderful wife who mm-hmm. helps keep me balanced. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, we, we work together in, uh, you know, looking out for each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, during the this whole pandemic and having to stay home and everything, one of the positives that's come out of that as a family is that, you know, at, at, after dinner, we play Pinochle every night mm-hmm. now, and we've got a new dog that's almost a year old. We take the dog for a walk. Okay. And, and so, you know, I think that, um, you know, having her 
uh, as my as my life partner, yeah. as my real rock, yeah. um, has is really what keeps me grounded yeah. and balanced. I've often, when I speak to the deacons about it, said, you know, your first vocation is marriage, and um, and then your job, and then the church, right, uh, as far right. as the church ministry. But we're very grateful for that. Um, one other aspect that I don't think the listening audience knows is. Deacon Nick is, as as educator, um, shares a vast amount of knowledge beyond the uh, confines of the diocese of Spokane, what's called the NCEA, the National Catholic Educational Association. Um, in the final moments of this this uh, radio program, can you tell us a little bit about some of what you've done that has put you, uh, whenever I mentioned your name first as who I wanted to, to become principal, uh, Katie goes, well, you know, uh, Nick is, is, is known beyond Spokane. So tell us a little about what that is. Well, I, I think that began when I started, um, experimenting with technology mm-hmm. and blogging and, and nobody, this was, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it's not a lot of people that know that knew about blogs at that time or podcasts. And so I just started writing about Catholic mm-hmm. education. Nobody was writing about it. And so because there was nobody else out there, I think I, um, you know, got, got the attention of the NCEA and and I've I've written some articles for them for their, um, monthly teacher electronic Mm -hmm. newsletter. And, and then I did some, uh, uh, some presentations at some of their national conventions. That's good. I appreciate that. I'm hoping, uh, I'm on the, the, the Catholic education committee of the bishops conference. Uh, Bishop Barber asked me to be on that. And, um, that is a great, um, committee, uh, Mary Pat Donahoe, I believe, is the executive director and herself had been a principal. Uh, I think her sister's a daughter of charity. Um, but we are blessed in our diocese to have uh, excellent principals and teachers in this absolutely essential ministry of Catholic education where we teach our young uh, to know Jesus Christ and to live that faith and how they care for others. Uh, my own experience as a, as a teacher and a president of a school and seeing, I mean, I was back, I mentioned uh, before the program began, doing the wedding of families and baptisms of former students. And um, just that opportunity to play a part in discipleship is one of the many blessings we have, uh, both as, as priest, as bishop, as deacon, as sister or brother, and certainly as lay teacher. Uh, Deacon Nick, thank you for your time. I know that uh, we we pride you away from St. John Vianney, and you'll go right back there to uh, care for the uh, the kids and the teachers in the community. God bless you for your ministry, and I appreciate your time. Thank you, thank Bishop. You. Thank you. Walking in Faith with Bishop Daniel is a production of the Catholic Diocese of Spokane. Walking in Faith is produced and edited by Mitchell Palmquist. It can be heard on Sacred Heart Radio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcasts.